When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I could cut some glass right now. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Breaking news to start the show, gentlemen. Breaking news to start the show. We do? Yes, we do. All right. I caught that super loud. It was really loud. But uh, it's not often we start the show with breaking news, but sports are back. It's official. They are? Sports are back. What? Yeah. So, what? Baseball, football, basketball, or hockey? Which one's back? No, not not those. Not those, but, but, but sports are back. Okay, you know what? I'll take golf. Rami, I'll take golf. I'll take golf at this point. Yeah, sure. you know what? I'm excited. Golf's yeah. back. Judd, it's, it's, I take uh, soccer at this point. It's not golf or soccer. Well, that's breaking news. <laughs> well, hold on a second. You just yeah, we just went through all the sports. <laughs> Rami not, just not, it's not Rami just hit that exactly right. It's not luge. It's not skiing. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. You know what? I'm not a track and field guy. Did they announce the Olympics are back on? I mean, those are barely sports, but. Did they announce no, the Olympics? It's not, it's not the Olympics. Oh. I mean, you know, they've been playing video games Wait, the hold entire on. time during this. So, did you say it's not the Olympics? Meaning, it's no Olympic sport. It's it's not an Olympic sport. No, it's not an Olympic sport yet. I mean, I, I suppose at some point it could just be America I, versus. It would just be America. Actually, yeah, I was say, no one else. Would I America, America. I don't America. know what you're talking about anymore. Uh, NASCAR will return on May 17th, gentlemen. Rev those engines. Get it fired up. Wave the. Green flag and the checkered flag. This is a press release from Daytona Beach, Florida. NASCAR today announced it will return to racing on May 17th, which will kick off a slate of races that includes seven events in three series at two racetracks, Darlington and Charlotte Motor Speedway. The NASCAR Cup Series, NASCAR Xfinity Series, and the NASCAR Gander RV and Outdoors Truck Series Yes, that is a thing. It's wow. a more random sponsor than Say that again? college the football Na- bowl game. The NASCAR Gander RV and Outdoors Truck Series will each host its first on-track event since mid-March. Unless you count the iRacing, where that one guy got all racist and got uh, no. kicked out of NASCAR. Just go with the cheese at 300? Yeah. The NASCAR Cup Series will return to Darlington on Sunday, May 17th, with a 400-mile event scheduled for 2.30 Central Time live on Fox, Fox Deportes, and other radio networks. How pumped are you for the return of sports, gentlemen? Come on. Let's get this. Rami, I, 
Why would you do this to us? Studio Q, Studio Why? Q houses our Why would you NASCAR do that? expert. Why would you do that what to you, us? It's, Ryan Mackle, it's go ahead. You can't, you, can't tell me, you can't tell me sports is back and then tell me the news is guys driving cars in a circle. That's not sports. That's well, never been sports. That never will be sports. It's not a sport. There's some there's some straight lines to be driven as well. Just in fairness, there I just drove stretch. here. Was that a sport? If you were driving, I drove if home you were driving back. 150 miles an hour, I would consider it more of a sport than I drive pretty fast over the hour long it takes me to get here. Does that count as a sport? Listen, you guys, I was a pizza delivery driver for like seven years. Sport beggars can't be choosers. I was choosers. pizza delivery driver too, Rami. I'm counting this as a sport. sport. Yep, definitely a pizza sport. delivery sport. You're telling me on May 17th, I was a professional athlete because I got paid for that. You're telling me on May seventeenth, you guys aren't gonna aren't gonna flip over. It was the Domino series. <laughs> no, Rami worked in the Pizza Hut series. I had two different sponsors Pizza for a while. For a while, it was Rosati's, and then I moved to the uh, Papa John's team. Oh well, that that was a great career move. <laughs> did you get those free little peppers when you're on the Papa John's? Hell yeah, team? I did. Did you ever? Did you ever take the garlic uh, butter or whatever you call that, oh, that out of someone's so, pizza box so good, and drink man. it? No, but the one thing you can get away with, I hear nobody really counts how many breadsticks they get. You're going to notice a slice of pizza missing. Nobody counts the breadsticks. If there's a breadstick whoa, missing. Whoa, 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 whoa. Did you do it? <laughs> no. Hold on a second. Not that he's willing to admit. Hold on a second. You did it, didn't you? No. You stole a breadstick. never. How, stole... how many breadsticks have you stole? Yeah, let's hear it. <laughs> Come on. I think the statue of limitations is up on this. You can. Inf- I don't know. Maybe one here, one there. I don't know. So far, we got Couch ba- breadsticks. They are baseball really cards. That's the baseball moral of cards. the story. That's the moral of bread the story. Breadsticks. Where's Couch it then, breadsticks. I'll tell you what. You know what? I've never worked at a Little Caesars, uh-huh. but crazy bread, I would absolutely be stealing those. Mike Gillis? Yeah. Absolutely. It's so good. How many uh, breadsticks are you supposed to get with if you get breadsticks? I think the order was eight. I think a regular order of breadsticks was eight. So your customers sometimes got seven? It's possible. But they didn't know that. They or, they just order breadsticks. And so it could be six, could be eight. Yeah. You've got some leeway. Just like the guy at, at the baseball card shop didn't know it when Rami would knock over a huge packs of cards and be like, oh, let me help pick those up. Could be ten packs, could be eight. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Could have been a Mark McGuire rookie card, the yeah, Olympic yeah. uniform in there. I don't know. <laughs> that house that Rami's got in Wisconsin, <laughs> let's just say it might have been funded by those baseball cards. But who's, who's counting? <laughs> <laughs> so, if you guys had to bet, now that NASCAR has bursted through here as the first official sport and league to return on May 17th, what would you bet in the year 2020, what comes back and what doesn't? Like, well, you have to put you have to put all of your Papa John's earnings mm-hmm. on the line. I did, I mean, I pretty much hashed this all out on Write That Down yesterday with more correct predictions that will tack on to my batting average when we uh, go through the accountability session next week tack on to that 400 batting average. I think the NBA season is done. I don't think they're coming back. Although, I saw Mark Cuban on CNN this morning. He was saying that there's now a Disney plan that may possibly work because they do have a whole basketball complex inside of Disney World, and obviously the hotel space inside Disney World is not being used right now. So that's some place where they could they could quarantine players with their families. There's that much space there. They could quarantine players with their families and conduct some kind of playoffs. But I still think that's highly doubtful. I don't think the NBA season is coming back. I don't think the NHL season is coming back. I think we're going to start the NFL with no fans in the stands. College football probably not happening in 2020. And uh, I think Major League Baseball... We'll have an announcement next week as far as what they're going to do. I'm predicting a June return for Major League So I, I think it would be so much fun. I think the country would just love. It's the first time that the country can lean on baseball in like 30 years. Which means they'll screw it baseball up. Baseball will screw it up. Yeah. Inevitably, they'll. I, I think 
Because it's basically day-to-day now, right, that we see different plans. And it's almost, I mean, everybody is clearly guessing at this point. I think the one surefire thing, if I had to answer this question uh, for and put a lot of my money on the line, I would say football. Pro football is coming back. One, because it's the ultimate TV sport. Two, because you don't have to play a ton of games. And three, because I think the employees will do whatever they have to do to play because a lot of them need the cash. Like baseball, you got a lot of guys with with guaranteed contracts, and they might have to take a they might have to take a shave, but they still are going to get something, right? I'm with Rami on basketball and hockey because it's just every day now. There's the Disney plan. No, the agents are saying cancel the season. I think those two sports are in big trouble. Uh, baseball could screw up a one car funeral. I think football is the one, and and I say this in a bad sense too. Football is the one that will come back because I think they actually care the least. Well, here's my question because I don't. <laughs> they th- do. I mean, their employees just aren't that important to them. Well, but they also here's the thing: like football, you're putting a hundred guys in a. You know, there's just so many, the sheer masses of bodies that you have to have in the same area becomes more risky than mm-hmm. a basketball court where you know you've got. You got fourteen. You probably don't even need fourteen guys in the playoffs. You're probably only playing like nine, and so maybe you only have twelve, and so there's just not as many bodies. But I don't understand why we're so confident that major league that that major league baseball is going to come back in some form in like July. Yeah. But the NBA season's cooked. Don't you think it would be easier to take some sort of limited playoff bracket and smaller rosters and just organize? A modified NBA playoffs than it would be to organize a hundred baseball NBA games? playoffs were supposed to start two weeks ago, Phil, and it's but, probably but, and it's probably going to be another six weeks before they can actually start whatever these playoffs are that you're talking about. And the players are going to need a month at least to get ready for these playoffs or whatever it is that we're talking about here. And and when you look at the calendar and when the next season is supposed to start, it's it it it's too close together. I mean, how how many teams are we going to have in the in this playoff in this playoff that we're talking about? Well, I mean, have four from each conference. I mean, or just put the Lakers up against the Bucks and play a championship and see what happens, well, but but my my yeah. my point to what Rami just said though is I don't care when the next season starts because I think they should bump that anyways. I I think it's better for the NBA if they just start their season in December or January anyways, get out of the NFL business and take over the summer. Could you imagine if 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 the NBA used this opportunity to relaunch a modified playoff in like July or something and they push the start of their season back to maybe it's Christmas, maybe Christmas is the first set of games. And your regular season then goes into May or June, and then you play August and maybe early September playoffs or something like that. And now you have basically taken your season and filled the eight months that the NFL isn't occupying throughout September, right? October, November, that, December. That that would have to be done with a new CBA as well. So are you going to redo the CBA? I here's the here's the thing that people aren't discussing enough. We're all excited for sports to come back, and I completely get that. Uh, but let's say the realistic time is sometime August or something. So m- maybe July. I think June's out. I think June's a pipe dream. But so let's say it's going to start to trickle back or come back in August, September, October. I, I believe the Masters has already been backed up to November, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Who's going to move aside and say, you know what? We can't play. 
Because you can't have a Sunday with the final round of the Masters, National Football League, uh, baseball playing its World Series, hockey and basketball deciding that they've come back. Like, like this has to be done with somebody being pushed out because you can't have you can't go from months of nothing to and now everybody's playing. Like I don't hear the t- the I don't hear this. I don't out. hear this though uh, being talked about logically as far as everybody can't just say I'm coming back and and hey it's 2021 almost but I'm playing yeah. 2020 games. Somebody has to say you know what. We'll try again next year. And I realize they're going to lose their shorts. I realize the revenues are gone. I realize it stinks. But this whole thing stinks. But nobody's talking about the fact that everybody can't be playing on uh, Sunday, November, let's say, 15th. Oh, we got six leagues and the Masters going. Ain't this fun? You know, it doesn't work that way. I mean, there's going to be, as of right now, just based on the current schedules, the NFL is going to push forward with, like, as of right now, the NFL is going to play its season. And let's say they're they're playing. You've got Sunday NFL slate in November yep. with a Sunday Masters slate as well. Yep. And it, that's going to be like early November, mid-November. You're probably going to have, if the calendar continues to go this way, if baseball comes back, you're going to have like baseball playoff games. It's going to be amazingly fun if you can find networks to put all this stuff on. Yes. But you're right. The logistics of it seem really difficult because most of the TV contracts for these playoff series, especially for golf, NBA, um, which wouldn't really matter in November. I think the the NBA's regular season might be starting by then. But like the big networks are, there's four of them, right? And some cable channels. But I, you know what? If if they can figure out a way to just jam everything back into October, November, and like do an unorthodox schedule in some way, like I'm here for it. It would be it would be sports sugar rush. You I really guess. think NBA players are going to go for that though? Whether it's giving up some of their summer off season. And and playing these playoffs or shifting the whole calendar and giving up summers just moving forward for the foreseeable future. You really think NBA players are going to go for that? Either a shortened know. off season or just changing the whole NBA calendar? I don't think so. I am not advocating for starting the playoffs in July and then starting the season in October. Just for the record, like what I'm saying is, if you have to wait another month or two to start a modified NBA playoff then you have to find some sort of an agreement with the Players Association that pushes the start of the next season back to I saw, like, I saw, December. I saw Kevin Love, I think it was on The Daily Show, and he was talking about like about a potential new schedule. And it's not the first time that this has been proposed. There have been owners who have wanted the schedule pushed back in like a, a Thanksgiving start for the NBA season mm-hmm. for a while now. and Now they kind of see their opening to do it. And Kevin Love flat out said to Trevor Noah, he was like, look, basketball players don't think that it's it's missed upon us that we have the best off season that we get our summers free and we don't really want to give that back most players really don't want to give that back and so when i when i heard him say that i started doing the math of when you could start a playoffs how quickly you could get a playoffs in and still start the regular the nba season at at the at, at the with the current calendar at the time that it normally starts and i just don't see that happening what sports do you guys think should be played like I, as far as basketball and and hockey go now, personally, I would be fine with putting an asterisk by two thousand nineteen twenty and saying we tried, we couldn't. Okay. See, I I don't feel that way about the NBA because like LeBron James is chasing championships and legacy, and he only probably has like three years of prime left. He was going to win a championship this year. I think the Lakers were going to beat the Bucks in the finals, and LeBron James just 
gets this season wiped know, off but of it his sta- slate. But it so. stinks. I, I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's fun. But what sports, logistically and logically, what sports do you think can play? I mean, clearly, clearly the National Football League, I think, will and can. Um, I, I guess I start baseball, basketball, hockey. Because I do think baseball's in, in some trouble, and I think that they're throwing stuff against the wall. But do I think that they are well run enough to pull it off? I don't know the answer is yes to that personally. College football, okay, does college football seem more feasible to pull off because you're not paying the players? No, college football is harder because there are so many teams. With the NBA, with Major League Baseball, you have 30 teams, yeah, their rosters, whatever, whatever essential personnel go around that with college football you have literally hundreds of programs you can't right. you can't house them all and keep them in in some sort of biosphere it's just impossible <laughs> yeah there's a few teams that would be nice and i think schools have to start which they won't well schools are going to start almost certainly online See, right I've, right I've, I've heard that argument and that honestly does not that doesn't make sense to me based, based on what i've based on what i've read from scientists uh doctors virologists uh epidemiologists sure the issue is control. And so having a f- whole campus of kids right. of tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of kids, right. think about the trying to control that in terms of Agree with testing, isolating, you're right. following procedures. You're right. Whereas if you just had football teams on campus, you're yes. talking about between the players, the coaches, and whatever staff and essential personnel, you're talking about a couple hundred people, which, again, not an easy task, but a much more doable task than a whole campus full of kids. You are exactly right. The problem is if I'm player A at Alabama and I come back to play football and and loosely go to school and my fellow students don't come back, then I am getting a lawyer to sue you on the fact that I am now officially, this has become crystal clear, that I am a revenue-producing player for you, and I think that's the problem. And as we all know, the NCAA, in being as corrupt as possible, also tries to be smart in how they in how they milk these players for what they're worth. I think if I come back for nothing more than to take my chances of possibly getting the virus, but to make you a buck, I think you're setting up a legal problem for a group in the NCAA, which, of course, none of us on this show trust. That's my point about why I, I don't think they'll play. And while this discussion has been all well and good, you guys have done a really good job of buzz killing the lead, which is that sports are back. NASCAR okay. on May 17th I, I want to hear you. Is back. Okay, okay, Mr. Mr. Vroom, vroom. Mr. Dale Earnhardt, senior That's fan. Right. Oh, okay, give you give your spiel. Sell us on why we should sit down on... I want a recap of every race every Monday moving forward for the rest of the NASCAR I want season. NASCAR Rewind? We can do NASCAR yeah. Rewind yep. on Live. I yep. want Phil to watch those races, take <laughs> notes, and give us the play-by-play. Because I can tell you right now, I will still feel very quarantined if NASCAR's yeah. back. All right. I can't do it. Sorry. Yeah. You loved NASCAR at one time. I, NASCAR, like 20 years ago Be when honest, I was a kid. You loved it. Dale Earnhardt was legitimately one of my favorite sports figures, whatever you, whatever you want to call it. Dale, it was for me. It was Dale Earnhardt, Sammy Sosa in the '90s, Kirby Puckett, uh, probably Hulk Hogan, like Stone Cold. But Dale Earnhardt was like, I had figurines it's, it's and back cards. To your and your stuff. childhood just got unfortunately By the way, a lot of deaths, a lot of John Heyman yeah. tweets just uh, seven minutes ago as we're having this conversation. Early July remains MLB's target for a season. Spring training would likely be three weeks plus two weeks for those who wish to come early. With minor leagues not too likely but not canceled to this point, MLB rosters are expected to be expanded and there may be a taxi squad as well. Yeah, because they'll have to play a bunch of doubleheaders. And... I love the baseball leaks. There, there must be a team of leakers at baseball. 
Okay, you tell Heyman this. Yeah, his I'll name tell is pa- Rob Manfred. I'll tell Passon that. You go tell Nightingale. You're a Nightingale guy because every day Nightingale's got something different. It is pretty. The funny. American League Central I'm, I'm will play on Pluto. I'm glad they're trying. The National stuff. League East will play on Mars. The other thing I wanted to run by you guys here before we get to Sage Football Wisdom in about 10 minutes, cliche Mount Rushmore's at 5 o'clock. Rami is fishing for a good question point from earlier in the day, so we'll get to that. Too. I have not listened to this yet, by the way. I have not either. We'll Keep do an it open the show. I haven't either. <laughs> you just sure you haven't told Declan, to, told Declan to rack it. Rack that. Ken Burns, the Emmy Award winning filmmaker responsible for documentaries such as Baseball, Jazz, and National Parks, America's Best Idea, told the Wall Street Journal that he has not watched The Last Dance, the Bulls documentary. He then added that the arrangement through which ESPN created The Last Dance, partnering with Michael Jordan, who had control over the archived footage, that the series features is something he would never, 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 never agree to as a filmmaker. Quote, I find it the opposite direction of where we need to be going, Ken Burns says. If you are there influencing the very fact of it getting made, it means that certain aspects that you don't necessarily want in aren't going to be in, period. And that's not the way you do good journalism. It's certainly not the way you do good history. My business. Burns isn't the first person to question Jordan's effect on the objectivity of The Last Dance. And some apparent decisions from the series have raised a few eyebrows. So Ken Burns' main criticism is that this quote-unquote documentary, because Michael Jordan had to approve a lot of the footage, and it's told through the eyes largely of Michael Jordan, that it is not objective enough for his liking. How do you guys feel about is the a documentary, Ken Burns' criticism? Is a documentary necessarily journalism? Because I do agree with his point, and I make it all the time, inside and outside the sports world. A good example was a few weeks ago when the Odell Beckham Jr. Vikings trade rumors popped up. And people went, well, the Vikings are denying it, you guys. It must not be true. And I said, if you're only getting your news from the source of the news, you're kind of an idiot. Because they're not going to tell you the full truth. That They're not supposed to tell you the full truth. If we're talking about journalism... No, the guy, the guy who is the 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 subject of a story should not be the one okaying or giving the green light to that story. I don't look at documentaries necessarily as journalism. They can be biographical. They can also be autobiographical. Are are are, are documentaries locked into to one category and one category only that is told from a third party that is told from the outside looking in? Because I've never looked at it that way. We could also just take the word documentary out and say multi-part series i mean i i don't think espn and i don't think jason Hare, the director who we had on this show a couple weeks ago i don't think they're putting this project out there saying that this is a 100 percent objective journalistic piece about that era of bulls basketball this isn't a this isn't a nazi germany documentary here like for me personally i just want to be entertained i'm just looking i i'm looking to be entertained through nostalgia and that's what this Call it a documentary, call it a film, whatever you want to label it. That's like it, it doesn't have to be a scholarly dive into Chicago Bulls basketball in the Michael Jordan era for me to to enjoy it and appreciate. It. Is Ken Burns jealous here? Like, what's the end game of pointing out that this is not exactly? How I think he just doesn't Ken like Burns documentaries that like move fast and have music we actually <laughs> like and aren't narrated by some monotone joker. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, Ken Burns. 
I know he's a very smart man. He's a very skilled filmmaker. His stuff has just never done much for me. And he's his baseball documentary series is one of the most critically acclaimed ever. I was out before episode. I was done with episode one. I was out wow. on Ken Burns baseball. Okay. It's just too slow moving, too monotone. I'm sorry. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm the idiot. Maybe think, I just don't get it. Robin, do you but. think Ken Burns would appreciate the Last Dance more if there was a British-sounding narrator and like three Civil War generals or something? And, and the whole the whole thing was scored by like flutes and banjos. <laughs> yeah, he'd probably love and that. black and white film. <laughs> yeah. The '97, '98 Bulls in black and white. Oh, this is great. Uh, the other thing about this film too is it's it's twenty plus year old footage of the '97. 98 Bulls that was filmed by the NBA at the time was stuck in a vault, didn't get out. And and the story I read was that the people who decided to do this film went to Jason Hare. So it's not like he sat there for years cultivating this idea for a documentary. Mm -hmm. They basically said, you're good at producing this. We'll get you Jordan. So this is a bunch of different people doing this. I think I think in I think Ken Burns, who, to Rami's point, is right, he's a very smart guy. I think he's looking at this in his world of documentaries and how he does them. This is not that. This was purely, this is purely done, one, because there was all hours and hours of this really cool film, two, because Jordan said yes, and three, because with sports or not, and I think the original release dates for this was June, right? Mm-hmm. It was going to be a lot of fun to watch. Mm-hmm. So, so so yeah, Ken in Ken Burns's world, this is an affront to to, to documentary makers. Um, in the real world of sports, no, it's fine. How did Jordan maintain the rights to this archived footage? This is I don't NBA think, footage. I right? don't think he did. I think he just agreed because it's so far past okay. the fact that if they used this footage, he would sit down and talk to them. Okay. So I think that this is all because. The main jumping off point is the 97-98 Bulls, and, and then Jordan agrees, and so it becomes all that uh, more impactful. But I think Ken Burns is talking about something completely different. I think Ken Burns is, t- is talking about how Ken Burns likes to do his documentaries, which some people probably think is awesome and yeah. some people think is boring. But here's, here's like, oh. I'm not saying Ken Burns is completely wrong, but he... because. The Jerry Krause stuff is probably the biggest example of what Ken Burns is talking about in that the first four episodes have mostly just taken a crap on Jerry Krause. Yeah, and a lot of it's rightfully dead. so. Yeah. He's dead. There's really no representation of Jerry Krause's side. So from a journalistic standpoint, it's kind of an avalanche of anti-Jerry Krause stuff. And right. then there's nothing to balance it out. But he did bring Jason Hare brought Isaiah Thomas in on camera to to yeah. refute or or have at least his side of the story told about... Michael Jordan's criticism of the of the bad boy Pistons. Now Michael Jordan got the last word in the sequencing of you know of of the production and the footage, but you know I mean like they brought Isaiah Thomas in and said, "Hey man, this is what Michael Jordan thinks of you. This is what everyone and thinks of you." And too, right? Yeah. So yeah, I it's fun. I mean, I, I am I am not going to sit there and say, you know what? I really wish I wish this was done in a slower fashion, <laughs> and I wish it was more of a of um, uh, a complete look at every side of every single thing. Cause I wish Dennis Robin had a monocle. I really That's wish I, I could wish. be. I really wish on Sunday <laughs> nights yeah, that this thing would slow down and I could be a little bit more bored. <laughs> <laughs> if only I looked at Dawn halfway through this thing and I said, why can't I fall asleep? <laughs> and then the Bulls return to Chicago. You guys find that... I mean, an hour goes by in five minutes. Yes. when you're watching the last dance. Yeah, I honestly, I, I for mm-hmm. the two hours on Sunday night, 
I looked at the clock about 14 different times, hoping that it was like, all right, it's because what time is it? Eight o'clock our time? Yes. So we're, you know, we get into the second episode and I look over, like it goes to a commercial break and I'm like, all right, it's only 9.08. Okay. All right. We still got 50 minutes is great. And then it's like, all right, it's 9.30. We still got 30 minutes. This is awesome. I'm like rooting for the clock to slow down. And commercial breaks stink. Yeah. And, and there's not a lot of them and they still stink. Yeah. So Ken Burns, go get a haircut. I mean, Ken Burns, if Ken Burns is your thing, that's great. That's fine. I just don't under, I don't understand why you would be like, well, this isn't how I would. Okay, then do do your own. Yeah. And by the way, maybe watch the documentary. I think you'll enjoy enjoy yourself, Ken Burns, during this quarantine period. Yeah, I at least tried to watch his baseball documentary. I fell asleep, <laughs> but I at least tried. He could, the least he could do is try to watch The Last Dance. Yeah. Give it a whirl. Patrick Royce and Ken Burns. Give it a watch. <laughs> See There's what more chance Ken Burns will watch it than Pat at this point. <laughs> All right, cliche Mount Rushmore's in about 30 minutes from now. And Sage Football Wisdom. We'll get Sage's thoughts on the Favre Rogers stuff from yesterday. Trent Williams with some interesting quotes today about why the Vikings trade didn't work out. And uh, other things football related with our friend Sage Rosenfels, former Vikings quarterback. But let's talk about Federated Mutual Insurance Company here. Federated just wants to express gratitude for all the medical professionals out there, the rescue workers, for your service, everything you've done these last couple months during this unprecedented time, and everything you will continue to do. And also, uh, Federated wants to shine a light on and thank our local businesses. You are our community partners, our neighbors, our families, and our friends. And Federated wants you to know that when you need them, they are here to help at federatedinsurance.com, where you can find trusted resources you may need as a business owner for your staff or your employees. You can also just call Federated, call your local marketing representative to uh, access these resources as well. But uh, with things changing, sometimes by the week, sometimes by the day, you want to make sure that you have the right written pandemic policies and procedures for your company, the right response plans, just general communication to employees. Federated Mutual Insurance Company. It's our business to protect yours. Donovan here with the Sport North download. We know you're spending more time at home during the coronavirus pandemic, and we're here for you at Score North in multiple ways. The free Score North mobile app on your phone or tablet, Score North on AM 1500, scorenorth.com, or just by saying, Alexa, open Score North over at scorenorth.com and on that free Score North mobile app. You can check out Matthew Collar's article about what remains on the Vikings offseason checklist. We also discussed that in segment one of Purple Daily today, so go check that out wherever you find your podcast. Just search Purple Daily. It's all for free over at the Score North mobile app and the scorenorth.com, so go check that out. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackie and Jonathan Rami. Well, Aaron and I get along great, and I did talk to him. I'm not going to... Uh talk about all that we talked about but he uh he was let's just say surprised that uh that they went in that direction brett Favre. by the way hold on before we bring sage in here rami rami just texted us from quarantine studio q you have breaking news i have breaking news guys do i get a sounder yeah i get a breaking news sounder hold on a second Uh, one season has come to a close, you guys. One season has been canceled. Is it NASCAR? No. Nope. <laughs> yeah. We will not have baseball in 2020. 
I mean, Little League Baseball. Little League has canceled the 2020 oh. World Series and region tournaments. We will not have Little uh, League not, Baseball not, way to go, Rami. in 2020. I'm actually okay with that. I'm okay with no that. No Little League World Series? Just take it off TV. Oh, I'm I, so desperate no for World Series? Sports, I might have watched. No. <laughs> no way. This is a I step in the right direction. Danny El Monte crushed my Little League love, okay? <laughs> I... We had we had like a nineteen year old kid with a full mustache throwing a hundred miles an hour, and everyone's well, like, "Oh, like he was a twelve year old." Who was the <laughs> fat was kid who pitched years ago? There was a like really good fat kid. We're not supposed to call that really narrows fat it down. <laughs> yeah, I was, a, I was a fat kid. <laughs> <laughs> who was the fat kid that pitched a few years back? I a long time ago, was a fat kid. He's good. We could bring a solo clone. Really, isn't a kid, Judd. Oh, that's a good point. Sage, do you remember that Danielle Monte kid from like 20 years ago who he turned I, out to be I, like 16 years old or something? Was that team from the Bronx or yes. from Brooklyn? Or New something Jersey like or something? Too? I think it might have been the Bronx. Okay. Somewhere in the tri area. He was 16. <laughs> I, th- I think he was 16 was the deal. I, he didn't have a mustache, but he was definitely... Uh, he threw like 100 he was, miles. He had that lip hair, though. Lefty. He was sort of a Randy Johnson of like Little League Baseball. That, that, so. that weird... Lip hair that kids get who haven't shaved yet? Peach fuzz, we'll call it. Yeah, it's really odd. <laughs> I had it. It's very the odd. Weird lip hair. Uh, it's amazing. Wow. So, all right. Well, that's a wrap. We'll see you, Sage. All right. Well, <laughs> oh, no, Sage no, football. No, we got to talk about Sage's body. No, I can talk about the Bulls, too, by the way. I'm, I'm, I know we can, we can talk about the uh, what Favre said, <laughs> and I completely agree with them. I mean, there's no really other way to look at this thing. You want to get into the, the Packers yeah. and Aaron Rodgers and and Jordan Love, uh, yeah, but but at some point, if you want to talk about the Bulls, by the way, I grew up Eastern Iowa. That's my era, you know. So I was my dad was from Chicago. I grew up a Bulls fan, Bears, Cubs, and uh, I watching these um, the Last Dance has been a heck of a lot of fun. I think one of the the cooler experiences of something I'm looking forward to. Uh, hopefully watching live on Sunday night. If not, I can a million other places I can watch it you know, randomly throughout the week. So it's really cool for me to watch. But uh, uh, you know what Favre said and what the Packers did is a 1,000%, and I know, I know I can't go over 100, but really it's 100% <laughs> uh, a sign that we're ready to move on if you mute Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. They just are. They did nothing to make him better and, and, and give him more – weapons or whatever they they drafted a running back that is a downhill runner uh, much less the quarterback to replace him it's surprising to me they were just in the championship game you're pretty dang close and they're saying okay one of the best players on our team if not I, I, you know I, I think if, listen he doesn't do everything great but he does stay away from turnovers and I thought sort of manage the offense much better a lot of those games last year they lost those games uh, especially when the playoffs, not because of Aaron Rodgers, uh, but because of their defense couldn't stop anybody, and they need a number two wide receiver. So uh, they didn't help him out with protection. They didn't uh, get a receiver. Uh, they didn't get a, a runner that'd be better for a throwing quarterback. And and it looks like they want to rely on the run and just sort of grind it out. And, and they've already drafted replacement. I can see Rodgers playing one more year there, and then somehow trying to find a trade scenario or who knows what but i, I gotta think aaron Rodgers is out of uh, green bay sooner rather than later all right what's your best guess where does he play next now now in fact no where does he play after his stop after the packers try and trade him much like they did with brett his to the obligatory afc, AFC yeah. stop where does he where does he finish his career do you think sage well the oakland raiders just seems to make a lot of sense to me and there's other teams too but 
uh, you know, John Gruden. I don't know what their relationship is and what John, you know, thinks of, of Aaron's game. But, you know, there's a scenario where I've seen John Gruden play very well with two old quarterbacks who did not have the physical skills of Aaron Rodgers. You know, Rich Gannon uh, had an MVP season and uh, and went to the Super Bowl, and they threw the ball a ton. It was quick. It was get the ball out. Uh, it was, You know, those types of things. They did not throw the ball deep down the field. And, you know, Aaron doesn't get the ball out quick enough a lot of times. And, and he holds on to the football. He tries to make these plays and, and doesn't always go through his progressions. And, he you know, he tries to do too much sometimes. So uh, if if guy like John Gruden could sort of hone him in and use that magical arm and that magical accuracy but get the ball out faster and sort of uh, execute and, and, and dink and dunk as you work your way down the field. That's what Peyton Manning did at the end of his career. And he managed the game. And you'd be a, a man. Quarterback, you know, and then it was it was Brad Johnson in Tampa. Are they got to get that defense better? They got to get pieces around it. But you know, they they've gotten some players. They got a wide receiver first round in the draft, and so you know, hey, here's some pieces over here. Got a good young football team. A lot of those draft picks from that Khalil Mack deal. As we're building this thing for the long term, I bet I bet uh, uh, John Gruden would love to have an in the spotlight three years of, of maybe you know some some late season success of Aaron Rodgers. I think that'd be a great matchup. Do you think Aaron Rodgers can change his style at, at this stage in his career? Or do you think he's willing to change his style at this stage in his career? Yeah, I, I think I, if those two like each other and those two really – uh, agree and and they are you know they have like almost like a Sean Payton Drew Brees bond and they can get the, they might hate each other right now like we have no idea right I mean these guys have both been around the world of quarterbacks for a long time they might have always enjoyed each other's company and play golf together and we don't even know about it or they could not like each other at all right so you have no idea and uh, but I bet they they already know each other and I, I think I'm sure Aaron's already going okay what's the place in the AFC, that makes a lot of sense. Better weather, new stadium. Uh, you know, Derek Carr is not the end all, be all there. Uh, I, I don't, you know, and and, and the, the head coach has got a long term ten year contract. They're sort of not in a hurry there, and having Aaron Rodgers in Las Vegas at the end of his career, man, that I that it just makes too much sense to me. So this is where I'm having trouble as someone who has watched Vikings football for thirty to thirty five years. And the Vikings have had so much trouble landing on a franchise quarterback. It's it, usually it's Warren Moon who comes in for three years, and like the Brett Favre carpet ride, and Dante Culpepper worked out for a few years, and then you whiff on Ponder, and it's like just you're constantly searching for the guy. And now it's Cousins for a few years. Green Bay has one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and then gets another one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and like they can't wait to get rid of him now, like. I think Aaron Rodgers, if he wants to play for another four or five years, probably can. So what what is the what is the rush to get rid of him? He's, maybe he's not the same guy he was six years ago, Sage. But you know, is it is it just personality? Is it is there that much of an I don't erosion? Know. You know, I, you don't know. But I you remember last summer um, uh, at my quarterback collective camp in L.A. and, and Matt Lafleur was there, and he was talking to about twenty five of these high school quarterbacks from all over the country and and they, they were doing some stuff on on the video screen and he was talking about you know this that and the other and then at the end of it they opened up for about a 15 or 20 minute Q&A mm-hmm. with these kids and it, it was a cool experience and 
you know, in, in the first five questions I were asked to him, I would say three, maybe four of them had something to do with Aaron Rodgers, right? What's it like to coach Aaron Rodgers? You know, what's the best throw you've ever seen Aaron Rodgers make? You know, and at some point, uh, Matt LaFleur said, okay, any more questions, no more about Aaron Rodgers. Like, he really did say that. So, uh, but, so I, and I, he had always said they'd gotten along. Oh, foreshadowing. Um, Reckless speculation. <laughs> speculation right there. Woo. Well, that is, you know, I'm, I think he was looking for, like, leaders, you know, what you're looking for yeah. in a leadership and this and that and the other. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and it was all that stuff that was sort of going on at that point. And, you know, what's interesting to me is LaFleur did come in. I thought Aaron did hone it back a lot. They ran more ball control. They, they, they rushed for a ton of yards. Alan Lazard, my Iowa State guy, he's their number two receiver. He's not, you know, Reggie Wayne across a Marvin Harrison over here, right? I mean, they got one. They need a number two. They didn't draft him in the draft. They, they needed that. And it looks like, I, I think if, you, if, if they got along well, this wouldn't have happened. How about that? I mean, this pretty mm. much says they must Man. not. Uh, but, uh, you know, you, you just don't know. And you have no idea the real scenario. But, you know, all signs point to... I, you know, one, maybe two more years. I don't, I don't know. I, I just sort of feel like the earlier Aaron can get the heck out of there, I think he's probably would, would like to be done and, and moving on. He's done a lot for that, that team. Um, he is a, you know, it looks like a stubborn player maybe sometimes or, or sort of has different issues with, uh, you know, front office coaches, whatever it might be. He's super talented. But uh, I always felt that at the end of his career, if you could put him in an offense that Kirk Cousins is in, where it's a little bit easier on the quarterback, and you can run some screens, and you have a good running back, and you, you mm. do the play action, and the guy could still throw it down the field and still put the ball in tight windows. But the hardest thing to do is a drop-back pass, and, and I thought they did that less last year. They were more under center, and he did some of that bootleg stuff and the stuff you saw Garoppolo doing in San Francisco and having great success, and they just weren't as good as the 49ers, which had a, a you know, they couldn't stop the run. And so... It just it, that's why it doesn't make any sense to me. You don't sell the farm. You know, I just think they're they're right there. They they obviously need some weapons, and and you know this is uh this is more of like it's time to move on. So I, I got to think there's uh, life is not good, or, or the communication or the relationship is not good in Packerland. Sage is Brett Favre that friend that you know you just can't tell anything to. <laughs> um, I no, I think this is per. Listen. If they're still friends, Aaron knows he said that, and maybe Aaron wanted him to say that, you know. And they, you know, they they probably, uh, you know, maybe Brett has some of the same issues with the the, the same people that now Aaron's having, right? They're going through the same. Did, uh, did Aaron? Knows? Did Aaron want me to say something publicly? Maybe. Yeah, I don't know, but uh, Aaron knew exactly what he was going to do. He knew it was coming. Yeah, Brett is one of those guys that uh, uh, he likes to be in front of that mic on occasion, as do I. I mean, look at me. I do my little radio show here. So um, I did not talk to Brett Favre and ask him what Aaron said. So, we're, 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 you know, we're, we're, I, I take him as, uh, for his word that I'm sure Aaron's not happy because, you know, I think Aaron probably felt just give me another receiver or two. Yeah. Or give me another uh, offensive lineman and a receiver and make our defensive interior line better so we can stop the run. So we don't get around 200 yards in a, in a championship game. Um, and, and, you know, he needs to do a better job of getting the, the ball out. I didn't just think it was time to go, okay, let's just completely start over. And and, uh, and not not one receiver of all those draft picks, not one receiver to make this team better from, from that standpoint. It looks like they must love Alan Lazard. 
They love, <laughs> they love those cyclones, Sage. Uh, I'll tell you what, Urbandale, Iowa. Yeah, exactly. Hey, back to the last dance topic for a second. Uh, you were there with the Vikings in 2009, and you certainly, I'm sure, uh, gleaned a lot from your friends about what happened in 2010. If there was to be a multi-part series on those Vikings teams and and Favre, who would clearly be the linchpin because he was and is a sports superstar, uh, how compelling could a, not 10-part, but a multi-part series be on the 2009-10 Vikings, and how much could we learn from behind the scenes 10 or 11 years after the fact that we simply don't know about that team? So I think that if Brett Favre were smart and he found that same director who just did this, did this Jordan one, I don't know. It wouldn't be a 10-part series, obviously. But, you know, for a, a two-hour or three-hour or, or three-part series or something like that, I'm sure you could get a lot of these players. Maybe not yet. Maybe you got to wait a little bit longer so we're all a little bit older so you can sort of get what you want out, what you want out. But, uh, you know, there is a lot that went on that season. And uh, there, there was definitely drama, and, and the, the, the end was this sort of grand, grand finale of disappointment and sadness. And, and so, yeah, I definitely, th- when I look back in my career, have you guys seen on Twitter where they talk about what other sort of pro sports or college sports like would be a great type of documentary like mm-hmm. the Chicago Bulls one? And in my career, like that season was just sort of wild, you know, uh, and then... I would say the season where in, in Miami, 2004 slash five, you could do a back to back here. And this is Dave Wands that gets fired with one and nine. Ricky Williams had quit right before training camp. We also, our coordinator was North Turner left uh, in like February. So we were like completely unprepared. It was a disaster. And uh, into the Nick Saban year, the first year of the Nick Saban year, which so I was sort of back to back in that. For me, like that experience would be a weird, you know, documentary, you know, looking back on how that didn't work out for Nick Saban and the whole Ricky Williams sort of experiment and Zach Thomas, Jason Taylor, Junior Seau on that football team. We had a whole bunch of pro bowlers, uh, you know, so that that was a sort of a wild season too, a couple seasons that we had. But the Vikings one uh, of 2009, it was, it really was something. And I, if, but Brett Favre, I think, would be the guy to say, let's do this. And he would lead it. He'd get the sort of the last say. Would Brad Childress has... be like the Jerry, the Jerry Krause figure where everyone just trashes him the whole documentary? I mean, would, it, would Chili come on and, and defend himself? I'm sure he, I'm sure he'd say yes. So here's the thing. When, when Jordan has final say, we, we get to hear what Krause has to say, whatever Jordan edited, basically, in this scenario, right? Mm-hmm. So if, if Favre had his way with the whole thing, whatever Brad would say, it would, you know, Brad would say, and, and, and probably Favre would have to be able to edit it and to make whatever he wants to have his relationship with Brad, Brad Childress with. Yeah. They might get along great. I have no idea. I have no idea. But, um, you know, I, I would... Uh, I'd tell my stories, and if those guys wanted in the, the thing, I you know I only know what I know. Man, this I, I, it would be fun. Does man. this not make, sound like make, fun? Make, make Does this, this not sound good? Make it happen. Um, real quick here, Tate, there's a, there's Trent Williams went on. Uh, well, he he talked to a couple different media outlets, but this is from Pro Football Talk via an NBC Sports Bay Area article, and he said, "Hey, uh, it wasn't that I was refusing to go to the Vikings." He said, "Quote the Vikings long term." And what I looked at long term, it just didn't sync up. He said they just really dropped out. It wasn't me refusing to go, so we don't really have any clarity on what he means yeah. by didn't sync up, other than like maybe money or something. But 
Well, that's the question, and that's where things have been kept, as far as you know, you know, pretty quiet. That uh, he basically has a one-year deal on his contract, and you know, the Vikings. Uh, I don't believe I don't know if they have fourteen point five million dollars, and so you know, there's there's that going on. Um, and then you know, you'd probably want to sign an extension so you could lower that number, especially in this first year, and sort of kick the can down the road. So maybe he didn't want to do that extension. Maybe he wanted to do a one-year play really well. And then get like a three or four year deal, uh, uh, with, with for bigger money or something like that. You know, and maybe like, like like what Andrew Whitworth you know sort of did a couple of years ago with the Rams. So, you know, I'm not really sure, uh, but he does, I think, probably love that system also. So you have no idea. I mean, there there are similar systems that love playing for Kyle Shanahan because that's how he came into the league was was you know, obviously with Washington when the Shanahan's were there in that system. And I think I do believe he probably wanted to play in that system if all things being equal. Yeah. That's Sage Rosenfels. Football. Sage football wisdom. Uh, before we say goodbye, what's on your quarantine weekend docket? You gonna you gonna dive? The grass in? is growing like crazy, wow. so I'm seriously at twice a week. I think uh, just having the kids currently mowing the yard. That's oh the wow, you run scenario. a you run an operation there. <laughs> Smart. Yes. So then we're gonna go out to eat today. My son, it's his last day of school tomorrow. Uh, they graduate early at his school. And uh, uh, so it's his last day, so he's very excited about that. And so we're going to go out and grab some sandwiches and then uh, try to find a grassy knoll somewhere uh, or a river somewhere to sit by and have our own little picnic uh, to congratulate my son on graduating high school. That's nice. my plans for this. Are they evening. doing like a uh, are, are they doing like a Zoom ceremony or something, or is it just? No, they're not going to do anything. They're hoping, you know, we'll see how things go. They're hoping they can do something. Uh, at the end of you know maybe July or something like that, you know you, you just don't know. I think it's you know it's week to week, month to month, and and we'll see how, how things go. And uh, and I think I, you know everyone's hopeful that uh, we'll be able to you know celebrate these kids and these athletes and and uh, these students uh, who have had great careers, high school graduates, college graduates, whatever. And uh, and all these things that we're missing out on. So I know it's been a bummer for him, and and uh, you know hopefully uh, I can find a few things to do to 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 make him uh, realize. You know I'm very proud of him, and and uh, he worked hard. And his his plan is to go to Loyola Marymount University out in Los Angeles. So nice. uh, not a bad place for me to fly to. It's going <laughs> to get a little bit better weather than this midwestern weather. And and, and very very proud of him. Worked really hard, and uh, he went to a really tough high school and, uh, and got great grades. And he's a great kid. Awesome, man. That's Sage Rosenfels, our football-loving friend. Sage, enjoy your weekend, man. All right, guys. Thank you. See you, dude. Uh, would you guys, if you guys were graduating high school during this period and the, you, you haven't been to class in two months, you've just been online, and they maybe propose like a July graduation ceremony, I think I'm over it by then. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, think, I think I'm over high school I think by I'm then. ready to go to college. At I didn't point. really care yeah. about the graduation ceremony. That was more for my parents. So I'd leave that decision in their hands. I didn't care about walking down an aisle and somebody handing me a piece of paper while I was wearing something I would never wear in my day to day life. Some weird cap and a gown. It's like a robe. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Yeah, did nothing for me. The whole walking thing. I. I don't know. I just. Who cares about it? Like I get it. Like people, you like, I miss my the tassel from one side to the that. other. I didn't I'd even miss, mess with it. I didn't even bother with the tassel. I'd miss my friends, but as far as the actual ceremony itself oh whatever i wouldn't as soon as if i'm in high school and i just graduated as soon as quarantine is over we're having all the graduation parties <laughs> that that's that's what i cared about Man. you know what too, I, like, I didn't care about the actual ceremony a lot of people like a lot of people think you know high school it's the best years of your life honestly 
I don't mean to offend anyone deeply, but if high school is the best years of your life, you done screwed up the rest of your life. Oh, you got okay. that's true. Oh, oh, if you peak in in high school, which some people do, Dude. that's not good. Yeah, it's really not a good thing. No, it's not. That's a long really a bad downhill cl- or downhill slide for you. Do you guys still have your letter jackets? No, no. I, I never had one. I don't think. From you never had like a vanilla jacket? I don't think I ever had one. I found mine in an old uh-huh. closet. I think it's about my a mom's month ago. House, but I just left it there when I moved out. I'm like, I don't want. We this. should. Yeah, we should, should you toss it? We should take pictures of ourselves in our letter jackets. <laughs> You're the only one who has one. Yeah, well, it's at the. It's in, my family, it's in my parents' house. It's just sitting there. Judd and I have no idea where it is. <laughs> no, I don't think I got one. Hey, can I throw an idea at you guys to bring back sports real quick? Sure. That me and a comedian buddy of mine just hatched on Twitter because I can multitask and do the show and carry on conversations on Twitter all at the same time. Sage was very upset. Powerful. Uh, Dave Hellum, really, really good comedian, writes on a bunch of, of uh, sitcoms and stuff in Hollywood. He, he was asking me, like, when are sports coming back? What is it going to look like when sports come back? And he threw out this idea. What about all the seats are sweets? Like, just remove the individual seats, and if you want to come to the game, you have to buy a group section slash suite. I don't have anything else. I think he was throwing that out there half sarcastically, like as a joke. He's a comedian. I put a little slightly realistic twist on that. What if we tent off seats, like 10, 20 at a time, and then we can gather in large groups in stadiums and watch games but still be isolated from each other? So you're saying how crazy you're is saying that? you'd still try to put thirty thousand people in a baseball I mean, you'd probably, stadium? You probably have to reduce the the total attendance to on some level because the tents take up room, et cetera, et cetera. You probably still want some distance between the tents. I was gonna say you'd have to have distance between them. But is that cra- is that is that that unrealistic? Is that crazy? But Am you're I still putting out crazy a lot stuff? of people close together. I think the more realistic scenario is you have five or ten thousand people max. And nobody can, like, they, they literally mark the seats that you can sit in. And you can't sit within three seats of somebody else. Something like that. The tent, but the tents, that, they, they'd be that clear fun, tents, though? wouldn't they? Like, if you go to a game yeah. and you start drinking some beers yes. and then you start stumbling and fall down and fall into somebody <laughs> and you got played. the corona yes, and you, like, cough on them because you're drunk and then next thing you know, corona's spreading wildly. I, I don't know if it's fun. You sound like Fire Marshal Bill right now. <laughs> <laughs> You might think that this is just an ordinary kitchen fork. But if you stumble on the vacuum cord and stick it in the socket, all of a sudden the building blows up. Ginger Beard Man tweets in, or even just your whole household group gets the entire section, kind of like a T-Wolves game. (laughs) Well, that's good. Brutal. Truth hurts, man, right there. Absolutely brutal. Man. Don't worry, Rami. I think Rob Manford will probably float a similar idea to Bob Nightingale and John Heyman at some point. The tent idea. Uh, all right. When we come back, get your get your uh, get your list ready. Here, we're going to roll through some more cliche Mount Rushmores on this Thursday. I'm Mackie and Jeb with Rami. And I took one of them that you threw out last week, Rami. The cliche Mount Rushmore of cliche well, sports talkers. Don't forget to. Nice. Did Rami have a good question? We have to get to that. Too. We have to get yeah. to that before we're done. I want to know if he had a good question or not. All right, we'll do that as well here. Mackie and Jeb with Rami on Score North and the Score North app. You may not currently be thinking about blood donation, but blood is needed every day by patients facing a range of serious illnesses, even during the coronavirus pandemic. If you're healthy, please schedule an appointment to donate by visiting redcrossblood.org or use the keyword red over at scorenorth.com. You can poke fun at the bun. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL.
Street. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Mount Rushmore is easy. It's the cliche Mount Rushmore Sports Talker of the Week with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. That is why I would put him on the Mount Rushmore. Those would be my four. Hey, I got a couple for you guys, and I want you guys to throw them out too, but... Before we get to cliche Mount Rushmore's here, Andrew in Annandale has been on hold, and he has a... Oh, never mind. Or not. Never mind. That's not... <laughs> that's not Andrew. That's, he was there. He gone. He gone now. <laughs> All right. Andrew, you can call back if you get a graduation anecdote. 651-646-8255. But um, I want to start you guys off with just a, a Minnesota sports-centric one here. All right. Off the bat, okay? Okay. The cliche... Mount Rushmore of one-hit wonder Minnesota athletes. I'm going to give you guys a list. This is going to be a little bit easier for Judd than Rami, just sure. because of history. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to give you a list, and this is not a complete list. Are We're looking for four. Yeah, Judd's old. And Are you saying I'm old and decrepit? Has more experience in life. Rami's so young. So we're looking for the four best Thanks, one-hit wonder yeah. Minnesota athletes. And I'm defining this as players who otherwise weren't great and then like became great or like it's like their one great. Did they stay great moment. or did they just pop up and then go they back popped into up, oblivion? Popped up and then went back into oblivion. Okay. And and so it doesn't count like Brett Favre was a one hit wonder, but he was also a Hall of Famer. Right. Randall Cunningham was amazing for many years, so I'm not counting him. So here's here's some of the guys on my list, okay? Lou Ford. One of the best hitters in baseball for like four months in two thousand four. Okay, and yep. that was it. Pretty much that was pretty much Lou Ford's Excellent. career. Yep. Joe Mays mm. led the league in ERA mm. in two thousand one as the Twins all star, maybe best starting pitcher. He was an all star in two thousand one. Jeff George, who was okay in the early nineties with the Colts, but kind of went off the, the the grid, and then was amazing for the Vikings in nineteen ninety nine, putting him on this list. Yeah, he was a high, really high draft pick, though. It's fair, but I I love the first two. The two baseballers spot on. Case Keenum. Oh yeah, journeyman backup helps yeah, the Vikings get there. to. He's on the cover. He's on okay. there. He's on. He is the is poster, he George Washington poster child for this game. He yes. might be. He okay. might be. He might be George Washington of Minnesota sports. That's a great one. Matt Khalil was a high draft pick, but he was a one hit wonder. He had one good year, so I, I put him on the okay. brainstorm list. I think he's got to be on there. Scott Diamond. Yep. The 2012 Twins were a wasteland, and Scott Diamond just yep. inexplicably yep. had an awesome season. That's yep. three and a half ERA was a, was an innings eater. He was just a really good pitcher. Now I would maybe say that Joe Mays and Scott Diamond. You got to pick one, and I would probably pick Joe Mays because he led the league in ERA. But mm-hmm. we can we can circle back. Mm-hmm. Troy Hudson with the Timberwolves <laughs> had averaged 14 points per game in his Literally, first season with the Timberwolves, one hit and went Wonder. off on the Lakers in the playoffs. And and then he had the one hit wonder. He had the one rap hit wonder. Yes, yeah. he is literally sh- the sh- one sh- hit. Sh- shut him down. One hit wonder. Sh- 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 shut him down. Ricardo, Can we find that Jonathan artist. Troy Hudson. Shut him down. Yeah, just be careful. Google if, Troy Hudson. Shut him down. I don't know if we. Yeah, there might be. Were there any lyrics in there that we just give it a listen be to? Playing it. at five oh six. Uh, and then I put I put Ilya Brzgalov on this list because in 2013 he was unbelievable for like 15 or 20 games for the Wild. Yeah, he had popped up elsewhere though. Okay, so yeah, he's probably not because he yeah he popped up for the Wild, but he had also played elsewhere and played okay. Who else am I missing? Oh, I've got one for you. In, in fact, when I saw this exercise, I have the ultimate North Stars. 
one-hit wonder. Former golfer, 1985-86. His name was Scotty Bukestead. Played on a really good line that year. I took a college class with his son. <laughs> I think With Nick? Nick, yeah. No, that's his uh, cousin. Cousin? Okay. Yes, who, who is now playing for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, Scotty Bukestead in, in 1985-86 scored 43 goals, 33 assists in 80 games, okay? 43 goals is damn good. Mm-hmm. The next year, 86-87, four goals, nine assists, 13 points in 39 games. He never again had more than 10 goals. Wow. He is the ultimate North Star 1980s one-hit wonder. Okay. So, is that our is that our list? Well, we missing I got a obvious? question on a Twins pitcher, but this this needs interpretation uh, because it might not count because he did have previous success or a stop elsewhere. Does Phil Hughes count? I, I would eliminate him. Highly touted. To, I'd eliminate him compared to the guys you gave us, like Scott Diamond and Joe Mays are better. But does he even? Phil Hughes is a one-hit wonder. But I don't. But but I think because he was such a highly, he was one of the best prospects in baseball with the Yankees. I would throw him off for the same reason. I would probably not include Jeff George. Okay, and I might not include Matt Khalil because of that. Because I guess my question about these players is: Do they qualify for this exercise if the expectation was high and they just disappointed? Besides one good season or let's say three good years, yeah. Like Scotty Diamond, I who who had heard of Scotty Diamond? Yeah, Scott. Gosh, Scott Diamond's a like he came out of. Absolutely. He was a Rule 5 draft guy from the Braves. Actually, the, what was going to happen was the Twins were going to, I think at one point, trade Glenn Perkins to the Braves for the rights to Scott Diamond. Really? And they wound up, something else happened. Like I, I can't remember what they wound up trading. It was like a relief pitcher or something. They wound up trading to the Braves. Some like double-A guy. Yep. But Perkins was going to wind up being maybe the, the roster casualty to bring Scott Diamond in. and that Because that was before Glenn Perkins had his first really good season as a reliever. Um, so, all right, so Case Keenum, Lou Ford, Joe Mays, I think is a lock. I think Joe Mays has to be a lock. Okay. And then I'll trust your judgment on Scotty Bukestead if you want to put him in. That's our Mount Rushmore. Well, he's our hockey guy. That's do you our, have to have each sport represented? Yeah, but, not necessarily. It, but if we don't want to do that, we, we could certainly. We don't so have Matt a basketball Khalil didn't guy. make it? I just think he's, I think he's worthy of discussion, but he's just like. He was the fourth pick, though. So expectations. My question is. Can you? He's can more you of a make, bust than a one. Yes. Can you make this this list if I if I knew exactly who you were when you started playing? I just got a text from like Case Keenum. I knew, but my God, I never would have. Here's a great it. one. A text from somebody. Sidney Rice. Mm. Sidney Rice had one amazing season with Brett Favre. He was a second round pick, so he wasn't you know was wasn't right. the fourth overall pick. That's a really good That's one. A solid. That's so. What Vikings? Okay, so we got Sidney Rice. Keenum, who I think is is George Washington, to Rami's point, I think that's correct. Could you say Chester Taylor? He's, One big thousand yard years. He was a good running back. Yeah, he might. He'd, he'd be close. Hmm. Sidney Rice is more of a one hit wonder than Chester Taylor. I feel like we could do do this Matt for each Asiata. team. Wow! You only you wow. only loved him because he scored you that handful yeah. of touchdowns when Peterson was, um, was very, suspended. Was a very strategic pickup. That was a good pickup, Rami. Dude, Matt Asiata's a great one. So Matt Asiata scored nine touchdowns one year. So here's here's the reason why Matt Asiata might not be because Matt Asiata also he had he had one season with nine touchdowns and then a couple years later he had a season with six touchdowns. So he kind he kind of had two similar seasons. What was his rushing yard total? The in the touched in the one he had the more touchdowns. Uh, he had 570 yards rushing in 2014 and nine touchdowns, wow. averaging three and a half yards per carry. Man, modern day Leroy Horde. 
Oh yeah, just give him the ball, and he'll which give is you a bit three of, and of and an insult yards. to Horde because Horde actually would give you a, a little bit more than Horde told you he did. Ozzy Adido was a plotter. Yeah, I, it, it's it's worthy of discussion for sure. I feel like we, I feel like it'd be very easy to do an all Vikings one. So Sidney Rice, just for reference, all right, he had he comes in as a second round pick in two thousand seven. Yep. Got and he ca- he catches 31 passes for 396 yards, and then he catches 15 passes for 141 yards. What's his game total that season? Uh, he played 13 games in 13 games. Okay, so he played more than I thought. Okay, so he goes so he goes for 396, 141, 1,312 in 2009, and eight touchdowns. Far effect. And then 2010, he's coming off the knee thing or the hip thing. 280 yards and then 484 yards with the Seahawks. 780. Like he never came close to that production. I think Sidney Rice has to be on this Mount Rushmore. This is getting more difficult, guys, as we add more names here. I feel like we need more than one Mount Rushmore. I don't know enough about Scotty Bugstad. You're going to have to fight or not for Scotty Bugstad. <laughs> well, are, are we going? So if we went, so let's say we went Keenum, Rice, then who would the other two be if it wasn't Bugstad? We'd go Joe Mays. Lou Ford, probably Lou Ford. You're right about Bugstad. Oh my God! Yeah, it's a great one hit wonder. He scored forty three goals and never scored more than eleven in any other season. Yes, it's super random. And after he, he scored, has to be on the list. And after he scored the forty three, <laughs> he never scored more than ten again because right. the eleven had come before the forty three. So here's here's the five we have. We have to get rid of one of them for this Mount Rushmore. All right, we've got Case Keenum. We have Sidney Rice. Okay, Lou Ford, Joe Mays. Scotty Bukestad. How long was Lou Ford good for that season? Like three months. Okay, I feel like that eliminates you. I think I think the defining thing we'll is were it. you good for that whole season? Where like Case Keenum was, Sidney Rice was. Okay. Lou- Everybody else had a good season. Lou Ford had a do- had this dominant weird little stretch, right? It was two thousand like Tuffy Rhodes. Great opening day. <laughs> three bombs. Right, Rami? <laughs> three jacks. Great opening day. Man. Never hit a home run in his life afterwards. I was there for that. Okay, Lou Ford. Whole day, if I remember correctly. In 2004, <laughs> Lou Ford was hitting, this is amazing, he was hitting 420 at the end of April, which is ridiculous. Yep. He was still hitting 340 at the end of May and 320 at the end of June. And then, like, the batting average dipped from that point. But if you're going to put Lou Ford on, now now it opens it up for a conversation about my favorite guy, Cowbell, Chris Calabella. Ooh. Do you remember the great? But that, again, that wasn't a full season. Chris Calabello, man, that was a great. You could say Tre- Trevor Plouffe had twenty bombs in like in two June, months. June yeah. and July of that year. Joe, okay, Joe Mays was legitimately one of the like five best starting pitchers in baseball in two thousand. He wasn't a strikeout yeah. guy, but he had yeah. he had the best ERA in the entire league, or like the second best ERA. I think Joe Mays is more of a one hit wonder than Lou Ford. Yes, I agree. I think you need to do it for a season. So therefore, the list is Case Keenum. Sidney Rice, Scotty Bukestad, and Joe Mays. That's the Mount Rushmore. Are we are we missing any obvious Timberwolves? Hmm. Not that I can think of. James Hollywood Robinson. That's a sad thing, because you might be right. <laughs> Basketball's hard. There's not as many one hit wonders. It's not like you just pop up and score twenty five points a game and then you're just worthless. Like Jeremy Lin was. I mean, Derrick yeah. Rose was a one hit wonder for the Timberwolves, but obviously has right. some track record. Right, he's too good before and yeah. after. Yeah. Listen, if somebody if somebody sees a flaw in this Mount Rushmore of one hit wonders, Minnesota athletes, tweet us at Phil Mackey, at Jay Zolgad, at Rami is tweeting. 
All right, 651-646-8255. Got a couple more Mount Rushmore's to get to. But Andrew and Annandale, you got a graduation anecdote for us. How are you gentlemen doing? We're doing all right, man. How are you? Uh, well, you know, I'm dying without baseball. It does I'm suck. Good without, I'm good, uh, good without the rest for now. Mm-hmm. But baseball is killing me. So, graduation. I graduated in 1989 from a small town in New Hampshire. So as white as white can be <laughs> for a state. And uh, I did not spend, go to my graduation. I spent my graduation in an airport in New York at LaGuardia, sleeping on a bench next to a black man from Detroit that I had just met watching a drug, uh, drug deal go down, oh, 30 feet away from me as a man in a white fur coat stood there and somebody else came up to him, handed him money. He opened up the coat like he was flashing him, took something away from him in a white, uh, white powder bag and walked away. <laughs> that, that that was my graduation. So so I hate to say it, but I agree with Rami. Graduation itself is pointless. It's for the parents, not for us. That's a that's a great anecdote, Andrew. Thanks for thanks for calling it. Have you guys ever seen a drug deal go down like that? Never. Where somebody has the fur coat and it's no. like as stereotypical as you would imagine in a movie. No, no. definitely was never involved in anything like that. I once bought some. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I'm kidding. That's a total joke. I'm uh-huh, kidding. Sure, sure. All right. Sure. I've told some stories here yeah. in the past. Yeah. Totally kidding. Uh-huh. Okay, I got some baseball cards and breadsticks for those drugs. <laughs> exactly. Mount Rushmore is easy It's the cliche Mount Rushmore Sports Talker of the Week With Mackie, Judd, and Rami That is why I would put him on the Mount Rushmore Those would be my four Alright, the cliche Mount Rushmore of cliche sports debates Rami brought this one up last week I kept it on the list What are the candidates, Rami? Well, the 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 George Washington is LeBron versus MJ, right? Has to be. He's a better list. player. LeBron versus MJ. Has this is double cliche. Yep. Okay. This is good. Another <laughs> one, and I don't know that we have to necessarily put any more details on this than 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 what I'm about to say. It's just take this team from this era, and could they beat this team from yeah. that era? Right. That's so that's I, another one. I, I had that on my list as would blank team beat the '90s Bulls? Right. Yeah. Because that's usually what it is, right? That's, yeah, that's kind of the measuring stick in basketball. But we do it in all sports. Like, could the Steel Curtain beat Tom Brady's Patriots? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we do it. We do it across all sports. But the, I think the answer is one. the answer is no. By the way, <laughs> you don't think Bradshaw would carve him up? <laughs> Lynn Swan. I think DH or no DH in baseball has to be firmly in that's, the discussion. That's probably in there. Cliche too, yeah. sports debates. Should steroid users be allowed in the Hall of Fame? Definitely deserves consideration. I mean, I don't here. know why that's a debate, but it seems to be. The answer is no. Well, but Barry Bonds should be in the Hall I'm of Fame. I'm yes so far on all, all of these uh, cliches. They're okay. all great. Is soccer the sport of the future? <laughs> uh, that's been a debate for 40 years. I was going to say, yeah. debate since I was five. We're in the future, and no. Should there be fighting in hockey? Yep, good one. So far, they're all winners. Yeah. Uh, run to set up the pass or pass to set up the run? A little bit more of a new one, right? Last 10 years, last five years. I got I got a new one for you. Are analytics ruining sports? <laughs> that's, that's one that's come up in the last I 10 years. Absolutely so. they are. I love it. What Guys if, don't even watch the game anymore. It's just numbers on a page. Nerds. Today. Nerds. What about should college athletes be paid? Oh, yeah. Yep. That's for in there, sure. too, right? Yeah, that's in there. Dude, this is going to be a tough narrow down to four. Do we have any more we want to add to the field? 
So is is LeBron MJ part of this, or is that that's off to the side? Because it's, it's, it's the George Washington. Washington. Okay, yeah. so that takes it's up in. a spot. Yeah, though. that's got three more. Okay, for sure. yeah. What are the like? What's another? You, I think the steroid should steroid users be in like that has Baseball to be in the, in the cliche sports debate. Mount I think Rushmore. taking teams from different eras needs to be up there, doesn't it? And pitting them up against each other. Yeah, I think so too. So that's three. Would, would the would the Golden State Warriors beat the Chicago Bulls in the nineties? Would the Showtime Lakers beat the yep. Kobe Shaq Lakers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. And then the other ones are the ones that we just threw out there: DH or no DH in baseball. Okay. Is soccer the sport of the future? Analytics or traditional scouting? I, I feel like the soccer one has played itself out so thoroughly that it, it used to be on this list, but it's fallen off yeah, the I list. I think soccer people have given up on that. Okay, we'll take that one off. And like the U.S. They team got has their, just gone completely they got their in the piece toilet. of the pie. They got their piece of the pie. Soccer is very important to some niche, people. Niche sport. Actually, one of my favorite soccer cliche discussions, and I actually legitimately love this discussion, is if you took sports, athletes from other sports and made them soccer players, what would your team look like? It's the worst discussion of all time. It's an amazing discussion. <laughs> oh, Imagine Barry team... Sanders as a striker, Jonathan. I don't know. Can he run and kick? <laughs> <laughs> Can he? <laughs> Jonathan's going to burst into quarantine yeah. studio queue and kick your teeth in right now. I don't know if the viewers can see this on the stream. They can, yeah. But so we all have usernames on our on our live stream, Twitter, Twitch and Facebook after my last soccer joke. Jonathan changed his name to Rami is the worst. <laughs> Hey, that's good, Jonathan. Nice work. Thank you. Before I believe his name was not a shirtless eater. <laughs> Our guy put on a shirt to have lunch. I saw it. Thank God. Today he, then, he tweeted he had, out a picture. Red shirt on. Then he had Carrasco. He had crackers with his two hot dogs, though. Yeah, which, you know what? I'm not going to bother. I don't care what he eats as long as he has fully clothed to eat. Yeah. Go back to the green beans. The crackers with your hot dogs? I love crackers. Why not chips I, or fries? I love crackers. Does he have a potato allergy? What is happening? Even like a, a corn on the cob, like so, like something. You know what I mean? With, I'm not gonna disparage who crackers. Has crackers, me. With their I hot love, dog. I love crackers. Crackers are the best. Just get a whole with handful of crackers. I love crackers. I'll sometimes it doesn't just matter what you eat sit down with a plate of crackers and cheese and 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 you know various accoutrement. Yeah, I'm but with Rami Never on just this. a cracker on the side with some. Really, hot I think dogs. this calls for a new Mount Rushmore. <laughs> easy. It's the cliche Mount Rushmore on, sports talker of the week ah, with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. <laughs> that is why. I would put oh. him on the Mount Rushmore. Those would be my we're on, four. We're on to a new one now. All right. All right. What's the what's the official yeah. Mount Rushmore here, Jonathan? Uh, the Mount Rushmore of side food with a hot dog. All right. What are the candidates? Well, chips and fries. Yep. Chips, fries, They're on sure. there, right? I don't know if fries have to be on there. Really? I enjoy fries. Well, what are the candidates, dog? though? Tater tots, I feel oh, like, I are a say. better compliment to hot dogs no. than French fries. fries. can be, but fries can be on the list th- that we consider and maybe dispose I know of. You got, I know you guys crackers had, are going to be up there for me. I know I you guys had a different food experience than I did growing up. But you go to any hot dog stand in the city of Chicago, and you're getting shoestring fries on the side with okay. your hot dog Listen, every time. Not opposed. Just I'm just what's the hardest advocating hot dog for tater place? tots? The char dog. Uh, there's, is that right, Ronnie? There's Char Dog. There's Wiener Circle. Wiener Circle is what I've I had. I grew up just down the street. That's the name of a place. Don't look at me like Wiener that. Wiener Circle. <laughs> jo- Jonathan, it is. it will kill you, but it is to die for. Google it. I grew up down the street. No. From a place. <laughs> no. yeah, I'll do it. it. Not on the work computer. It's legit. It's really good. I grew up I like from a, my job. A, a, uh, down the street from a place called Wolfie's. Oh, man. I love wow. Wolfie's hot dogs. Oh, okay. Man. Here's my, here is, if this was just my Mount Rushmore of sides All to right. go along with hot dogs. Okay. 
It would be kettle chips, tater tots, baked beans, or potato salad. I was going to say potato salad, and I was going to throw in baked beans. Well, you and I are tracking right now. A little bit. See? A little bit. We're not on the same page with the fries, but chips, potato salad, baked beans. Mm. Why am I seeing two Mackies on my video stream? Right the Wiener now? Circle. Jo- Jo-, jo I was showing him. Wiener right. Circle, I man. That his camera was on. <laughs> no, I didn't. I just wanted to show him. It's legit. It's great. It's it's terrible for you. Is but the it's... Wiener Circle where the the ladies who work there will yell at you like if you don't order right or order fast enough? Like I think so. Like, yeah, like this I part of any food place that's going like to yell at me. If it I is I the order Wiener Circle. There, I just I just it's googled great, it. No, no, the pressure's on. Yeah. Dude, no, what is, I don't okay. Want that. Okay, what is yeah, like? What is the advantage of being that mean to newcomers at your restaurant or your deli? Come here to funny. relax and eat, not and feel I want stressed out while right. I eat. And if it's like I'm new, okay, sorry, I don't know your menu. You know what? Yeah. Be nice. You guys are so Minnesotan right so now. So sensitive. It's Chicago funny. and New good. York, they abuse you. Don't you like a roast? Don't you guys like a good comedy roast? I just want a damn sandwich. Yeah, but don't, not on me. Don't be an ass. <laughs> Here's what I like. I just, it expedites people that take too long, and I love that. I was just reminded. You guys know, uh, did you ever watch 30 Rock? Oh, yeah. You know uh, Jack McBrayer, who played the, the NBC page in it? He's like the most aw shucks country kid you've ever seen. He went and worked at the Wiener Circle with the women who yell at people, and he's so uncomfortable. He did it He did it for a segment on Coded, and it is hilarious. If you get a chance to watch it, it just popped up when I Googled Wiener Circle. It is so good, dude. It's so funny. So are we are we settled on potato, potato salad, baked beans? <clears throat> nah, not, I'm not. I think chi- chips. Beans? Chips. Chips. George chips. Washington. Kettle chips. Chips. chips? Yes, Any chips. kind of potato chip yeah. is George Washington on the Mount Rushmore Absolutely. hot dog sides. Okay. I think tater tots should be on there. Also, yeah. by the way, the pro move is to cr- crumple up or crunch up the chips and sprinkle them on as oh, a topping good. on your can hot we, dog. Can yeah. we talk, talk about what the potato salad looks like when you put it on? Because, you know, if it's a fresh potato salad from the fridge, I'm in. But there's nothing that I'll, I'll stay away from more than what looks like it might be suspect been out too long. Potato salad. Yeah, no, I'm not vouching for like <laughs> so let's talk, potato yeah. so, let's talk about, so let's talk about what I'm getting though. You want good food on this hot rush? If one. I'm getting a dollop of potato salad, I need no, to know what it looks trying, like. We're not trying to feed you sun-drenched <laughs> potatoes. Exactly. Right. But you know, Rami, if I get sun-drenched like pota- potato chips or fries, okay, they might not be as good. Sun-drenched potato salad could actually cause me to spend hours on that <laughs> it's the cliche Mount Rushmore Sports Talker of the Week with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. That is why I would put him on the Mount Rushmore. Those would be my four. <laughs> Ross, right, chimes, right. Ross chimes in. Good golly, just let me eat my food. Who hates chicken in a biscuit? I do love chicken in a biscuit. Yeah. It's really good. It's the shirt, Ross. It's just weird with a hot dog. It's not a traditional side with a hot dog, Ross. That's all we're saying. You do you, man. Yeah. With a shirt on. You do you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Rami. <laughs> do you as long as you don't have near nipples out. That's pretty much it. <laughs> All right. I think I, I don't think we came to a conclusion there. No, we didn't. On but the last two, we didn't. But that's okay. Who cares? <laughs> All right, when we come back, Rami fishing for a good question point to move up the good question standings. And in other news, plus, I want, I want us to revisit this zipper merge discussion that took place earlier on Scoring Art today. So all kinds of things. Jonathan here with the Score North download. The time is running short for some cash relief with Score North listening rewards for the month of April. Thanks to our awesome partners, Score North is giving you the chance at $25 to $200 in cash just for listening to us and having the free Score North mobile app. For your chance at free cash, download that free Score North mobile app and enter through listening rewards. 
boys, Brett Favre was on Rich Eisen yesterday and gave us plenty to talk about. His media tour continued today wow. as he was on his uh, Sirius XM show, and he had more to say. You guys want to hear from Brett Favre? Uh, yeah. That ain't a question. Curious. I, I just feel like this situation, although very similar in some respects, very different. And Aaron and I have a great relationship, and you know we've talked about it. And uh, he obviously is a little disappointed because he, he not that he feels like. I mean, look, Jordan Love is not going to replace Aaron Rodgers unless he gets hurt. Aaron's, I feel like he's better now than he than he has been in in any year, and he's reaching that wise phase in his career. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, so on and so forth, where he's more cerebral. But I see him moving around in the pocket and getting yards on scrambles better than he's ever done. There's two more two more cuts there for you when we want to use them. But that's been your scorner with Donald. Now back to Mackie and Judith Rami. How long are the cuts? Uh, the one talking about Jordan Love not being yeah. an immediate replacement is 24 seconds, and then... Which one did you just play? The tw- I played the, the top one, Rogers. Right, let's let's, let's just roll here. Yeah. For anyone out there thinking that that's, this is a, an immediate replacement, you can forget that. Do I think Aaron Rodgers will play somewhere else? Look, nowadays, I wouldn't put it past anyone, to be honest with you. Whether he's traded, whether he's cut, or he just chooses, as in Tom's case, just to go play somewhere else. It's kind of kosher to retire... And come out of retirement, and it's kind of kind of cool to go play somewhere else in the latter part of your career. He's got four years left. Are you going to draft someone in the first round and have him sit what would be his fifth year potentially uh, before he even sees the field? Now he'll get some you know some mop up duties or whatever, some pre preseason games. But that you know, so you see my point. I think maybe two years from now they reassess you know what the future is. Aaron may be reassessing where he wants to play, and some of that may be now, driven. He certainly can be. He certainly can play, barring injury. If you said, "How long does he have?" I haven't seen signs of him slowing down. His arm strength's great. He moves around great. His mind's sharp as ever. Oh, I love. He's the best. I love him so much. This week, this oh week, is, he's made this week so much fun. He just, he just, and he's using the same talking points too. He's, and he's just, interrupting you know. constantly now because he does, he doesn't want want to stop because he wants to share Aaron's private message. I love this whole like shift in dynamic though. In fifteen years, like between two thousand five and two thousand seven, Brett Favre like wanted nothing to do with Aaron Rodgers. Well, he did say, and I don't know. Now they're good buddies. No, he's, now they're teammates. He said that they got along fine when they played together on the Packers, and then Rodgers kind of got thrown in the middle of everything. During he was like a kid in the middle of a divorce when when Pat, when things went bad between Favre and the Packers. That everything was fine before that, and then they kind of were forced uh, forced into like some kind of some kind of controversy or conflict between the two of them because things went so bad between Brett and the Packers. Yeah. I don't buy that. I mean, I think regardless, like I think Favre wakes up in the morning so happy when he sees that the Packers drafted Jordan Love. Like it's just it's like his bat signal. And by the way, yes, that's true. Now Rodgers is definitely in on this. He has definitely sent Brett Favre out to be his mouthpiece. Talking points cuz if if Aaron didn't want Brett talking about First, just the situation altogether, and specifically sharing things that they talked about on their phone call. He would have called Brett after yesterday's appearance on the Rich Eisen Show and said, "Hey, buddy, chill out a little bit." You would have been backtracking. But Aaron Smart, he he would not have talked to Brett unless he fully knew, because he knows once he talks to Brett, it's on. Like it's not. It's like, oh my goodness, I thought Brett Favre could be trusted with these secrets, right? It's amazing. And so I think that this was Aaron purposely. 
uh, manipulating the situation through Brett because he knew that Brett would do this. And it's just glorious because every time Brett talks now, it's prefaced with Aaron and I are good good friends now. (laughs) Good friends. There's no problems between us at all. And poor Jordan, you know what? Jordan Love, Aaron probably doesn't mind Jordan Love. It's just the fact that the organization at the end of both their careers has decided just unceremoniously sort of replace them. Although, although I will say in Aaron's defense, this is worse because, you know, Brett had threatened retirement for like eight years, right? Mm-hmm. And, and then they did go to Brett after he threw the pick against the Giants in the NFC title game in 2008 and said, and Brett said, yeah, I'm done. And then Brett reconsidered. So this is this is more of it feels more of a shove to me. It is it's for sure a shove. And Jordan Love again did not is not this heralded quarterback prospect that fell to the Packers. They aggressively right. moved up. So this does feel like far more of a threat than the reality of what Brett encountered. And and Aaron set for how long? Three years? Is that correct? Contractually, yeah, three what, years. What do you before mean? well, no, but Brett played for oh, three more yeah, years and after that two thousand five draft, yeah. right? Yeah, you don't. In today's contracts, and the fact that Jordan Love is going to basically have a five-year controllable contract, you don't have the feeling, as Favre just talked about, that there's any plan that Jordan Love is going to get to year four and that's going to be like, oh, we'll play no. you now. In fact, I would be surprised if they didn't look. He's a first-round quarterback they traded up for. I right. would be shocked if they weren't looking to move him into the starting role in his second year. I agree with that. Second year. So this is probably Aaron Rodgers' last year as the Packers quarterback. <laughs> this is so amazing. All right, the good question standings on the year so far. I picked up an 11th one from Jason Walgrave yesterday. You guys had left the room, but Jonathan can vouch that that did happen yesterday. Yep. I got there on Tuesday. Wait, hold on. It happened. Rami, go ahead. Just because it's a just because it's, I'm a, it's an advertising. To, I'm deferring to Rami. That's not, that's not an interview. Counts. I'm not paying him. It's the other way around. Uh, <laughs> that is true. I don't think it counts. So hold on a second. You're granted more airtime. To conduct, which is fine. You I guys have more. You guys are on the mic more than I am. I don't begrudge that. <laughs> yeah, exactly Jonathan's right. Over there pounding on a trash can. Listen, don't be mad at me. I would you like guys, to, you guys can take swings all day long on your other shows. I, I would like to, along with Mister Makalov, at least lodge a formal protest of you taking credit okay, for a great I'll, question. I'll put an asterisk next to it. It was a great question, mind you. Okay. Okay. You know Go that. right along with the 2019-20 NBA right. season. Judd's at 10. Rami with 7 and Jonathan with 3 good questions from right, guests. Let's hear it. And Rami is bringing this one to the table from earlier today on Score North Live. I'm going to thank you guys in advance. What's the difference between a plus 100 and a 5? Why do they have those two different methods of laying a line? It's a good question. I think the, the plus oh, and minus value oh, if you're doing it on sort of a 100 level and you want to do swing. plus 425. Clearly. What are you Whoa. thanking us for? We got to hear it. We got to hear it again. All right, let's play it again. I hear it What's again. the difference between a plus 100 and a 5? Why, why do they have those two different methods of laying a line? It's a good question. I think the, the oh, plus no, and minus no, value, if you're doing it oh, on sort of a 100 no, level, if you want to do the plus 425. That's what matters. <laughs> Listen, we, no, we need to slow this down. It's the intent. It's the intent. Let's go Zabruder film. All right, Jonathan has clipped just the check good swing part. Good. It's a good question. I think the... the oh... That it's count. a good quote. I think the, the he got the Q out. He got, he got the T. Q-U-E. He got the T. He got Q-U-E. He, he got, got all the way to Q-U-E. Chris. Come on. Chris. Come on. No. I'd like to hear it slow down. All right. all right. Let's play it one more time here. This will go to a vote, by the way. Okay. It's a good quote. I think the... the... Oh, 
I'm going to I'm going to say yes. I I'm going like to vote yes. I feel like the forensics department could help here. It's so intricate. I, I'm going to play say, it again for me. Play it again, please. Oh, hold on. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, you just got off page, but I'd like to hear it again. <laughs> I'm about to cast my vote. It's a good one. I think the. the all right, I'm I'm saying yes. I think it's the intent that counts, Judd. That's my We're argument. Going with intent now? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I don't know a lot about the question that was being asked. I was asking what's Rami. the difference between like a plus one hundred right. line or a five to one. Why I do get, they have those two different methods of giving odds? It was part of dumb it down. We do that every Thursday on Score North. I, I get the question. I don't understand the science, Phil. In your mind, is that a good question? I don't think my opinion about the question and the subject I'm matter to get, matters. I don't think that opinion, no. I don't think, listen, I think you it, it, listen to you two. I'm trying to get the forensic science of this as much as possible. Did Ben Heisler, the guest, complete his praise of Rami's did, question? Did we ever, did we ever, did we ever say that you have to complete the word question? It's we like never. A, we it's never like a check swing in baseball. It's 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 a it's an umpire's opinion. My opinion yeah, it's is kind of a judgment decision. I'm with Mackie on this. It's kind of a judgment decision. <laughs> I believe because he's giving you know you the point. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Mackie took a point yesterday from um, a guy that was okay. Just because there's money being exchanged segment, okay? between Jason Walgrave and us, no, <laughs> Judd. I'm going to say yes. He said he. There we go. Yeah. He was trying to say question. I think. Uh, All right, Robbie, I, think earlier, I think earlier in the same interview, he gave me a very good question. What? What? I think I only so. Have one you also woke up. You woke up with a pounding I, migraine. I did. Man, I could be imagining this. I, I'm, I'm not giving right. you. I'm not giving you two off the same one. But yeah, I, I'll yeah. give you this yeah, one. Easy, Scotty Pippen. My okay, brain yeah. is fried right now. I could be misremembering. <laughs> it's been a really long day for me. But I think <laughs> earlier in that interview, he said very good question. I'll have Declan go back. Can we and get check two good tape. questions in, in from the same person? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. In the same. Okay. It's like coming up to the plate twice in one inning, Judd. Yeah. And knocking it out the park. I'll give you. I'll give you a good question. Yeah. By the way, like if. If a guest is a good question ATM, then you gotta you gotta be in there. You gotta be taking that taking those. By the way, how did no one get one from Sage today? He I think he I think like he wanted assist. to give a couple there, but do you? I, don't know. Yeah. I, I never heard him even really remotely start. Oh. Well, it's now eleven asterisk for me. <laughs> Judd with ten, Rami with eight, and Jonathan with three. So things are tightening up here. What was the zipper yeah. merge? Uh, we'll do the zipper merge Rami, and maybe well, in other news. We but. were asking because uh, Justin Jefferson was on with Pat McAfee today, and one, and one of the pieces of advice Pat McAfee gave him was, it is cold as bleep in Minnesota, just so you know. And so I was asking, what would be the first piece of advice or thing you would tell a rookie who just got drafted to Minnesota and has never been here before? And my answer to my own question was, people don't know how to drive, man. Be ready for that. They especially don't know how to true. merge. There are no people on the There are like zero cars on the road right now. And merging is still a problem. I don't understand It's amazing how this is an epidemic, which is maybe a poor choice of words in these times, but it is kind of an epidemic in Minnesota no matter what is going, why why do you all struggle so hard with merging? It is it is weird. I would say the other problem that, and it's it's even more egregious because there's nobody on the roads. People driving too slow in the left lane. Yes, move over. Yeah, like I what, know. Just literally, just move over. I was I was going home for lunch today after Score North Live, and there was a guy going like fifty in the left lane, and so I started to go around him, 
And when I started to go around him, he moved to his right, and I was like, oh, cool, he got, he got the picture. He realized what was going on here. No, he just needed to move over four lanes of traffic so that he could exit with no regard for anybody else on the highway. <laughs> he was going 50, and then he was just like, ah, I got to be over there. I'm going to turn on my turn signal. I hope you all are ready. Here I go. So I, I know how I'm going to die, and it's going to be somebody road raging me because I'm the this, guy. Who, I talked about this too. You can't. Don't do that to yourself, man. Don't get yourself killed. I am the guy who, if if somebody is going too slow in the left lane, what do you do? I will. I will oftentimes like give them like a signal or something oh, in, the, in no, the window. No, that's dangerous, man. Or if they don't put their blinker on, I'll give them like a little flasher, like like I'll, with my hand. Or I'll or I'll drive by and I'll I'll, I'll want to look about over. Ten and two, Phil. What about see ten what and they two? Look like. And I know that I'm not tough at all in real life physically. Yeah, so like, I pull I'm not, over and punch you out. What happened? But in my in my car, in my 2019 RAV4 Rami XLE, said, Rami said the same I thing. I feel you guys are crazy. unnecessarily tough enough to no. look over at someone with kind of a look of disdain if they are. Sometimes I'll throw my hands up in the air like, what are you doing? Like, what is going on here? Yeah. Nothing too hostile. I'm not giving them the finger or like mean mugging. I'm just like, what? I'm, I have like a confused, befuddled look on my face. I think that's okay. But it's when you start to make hand signals. Signals for clearly that you think that they're morons. That that's when you might run into some problems. Are, are you guys like me in that you just assume that every other driver is one of the dumbest people alive? Yes. Like that's my my baseline. Not dumb people, yeah. just oh, bad yeah. drivers, just terrible drivers, uh, bad humans. In I'm going to put this call out again. <laughs> bad humans. <laughs> if you if you have a teenager who is currently in driver's ed, please. Take a picture of the pages where they give the lessons on merging and tweet them to me at Rami is tweeting. I have to see what the curriculum is Good. and how a whole city does not know how to do something so simple as merging the onto state. the highway. It's the a whole state. state. It's bad. How is it it's this bad. bad of a problem? You know, my, my dad, when I was 15, 16, doing the driver's ed thing, my dad gave me a piece of advice that I always think about every time I'm in my car. He said, always assume that everybody else is going to make a mistake that could potentially kill you. Like, mm-hmm. always assume that that person's going to cut you off or that someone's going to slam their brakes on and just yeah. always have that in your head whenever you're driving. Don't so trust people. I, it is one way to have your heart rate up every time you drive, but, like, yeah. it probably saves you more often. Hey, guys, uh, Tom tweets in. He says, he also said earlier or later in the interview, quote, that's a very good question and finished it. It's not Paul. I know what I heard. Two for Rami. Bring in the audio. Yep, it's not pulled. It's not pulled. It's not pulled. It's an asterisk until you until right. you prove it. Yeah, that'd be great. Off. That'd be and nine. then I got and then I got really closing the gap. And then I got to think about the first one, and I, the, I might go check swing. <laughs> still to just give you one. You, you never know. Amazing. All right, let's do this. In other news. Hold on, I'm texting uh, Declan for that time, but... Ah, yes, in other news, when we take a break from all that hard-hitting sports talk that we bring you here at Score North and bring you some of the more weird, wacky, and wild news from around the world, including Chicago, gentlemen, and I swear to you, I did not go and find this story after we had our discussion about hot dogs and the wiener circle. This was already on my notes for almost a week. World's dumbest criminal... Gun used to rob far south side hot dog stand misfires, hitting robber in 
uh, his hot dog, I guess, is the best way oh, wow. that I could put it. A Chicago robber was in the process of robbing a hot dog stand in the far south side of Chicago when he discharged his weapon on himself, the Chicago Tribune reports. Oof. The fam- infamous incident was reported November 17th to add a flair of poetic justice to the yarn. The hot dog stand robber shot himself in, as I said, the wiener he thought he was going for some quick cash the suspect entered a restaurant with a loaded firearm looking to score easy money and maybe some free food this took place at the hot dog stand on the restaurant area maxwell street express also a very good hot dog stand chicago sometimes identified the culprit as Terrian pouncey age 19 years the teen approached the hot dog stand asked for cash when he went to adjust the 38 pistol he had brought along he shot himself twice once in the Hot dog and once to his leg. This took place Tuesday morning, November 3rd. Ponce remained hospitalized. He faces two counts of robbery for taking items from the two employees of the hot dog stand. These included their cell phones and their wallets. Did we find out what his favorite side was? <laughs> Blood. <laughs> ah. Okay, would you, as, as, ah. as someone who is very much anti ketchup on a hot dog, would you rather have. Ketchup on a hot dog oh, yeah. and blood on a hot dog. <laughs> no. That's definitely ketchup. <laughs> and you know, the weapon discharge, remember our Plaxico Burris conversation? Yep. When Pouncey was adjusting it in the waistband of his pants, he put the gun in the waistband okay. and ran from the scene. I need to know more about this. Do people really, like, loose waistbands on sweatpants, do they really put guns in there? This is why holsters exist, people. I, I mean, know. I'm not trying to tell anybody how to rob a hot dog stand, but this is exactly <laughs> why This is why holsters or exist. Or like a drop piece hol- also, holster, right, do you, in your sock? Do you need a gun to rob a hot dog stand? Like, something less than a gun, I think, would get the job done at a hot dog stand. Yeah, it's probably true. I mean, he might have had... Okay, a bank? Okay, like, you know, bring the artillery, I guess. It gets better. He began to flee the scene as he did. He immediately slipped in the grease. The firearm discharged, shooting his hot dog. Oh, this dog's terrible. (laughs) No. That's how you know it's a good hot dog stand, though, when you're slipping in grease. In other news... I'll take some fries on the side. Ah, He was arrested at the hospital. That's the, wouldn't that be great? You're just laying in a hospital bed. Oh, that's right. Handcuff. Sorry, hey, God. as long as they take care of what happened. Man. And you know how they knew it was him? The surveillance footage saw that his boxers matched the boxers that were found on him at the hospital. <laughs> you go it shouldn't have been too hard to know it was him. That's why you go commando. You knew what injury you Actually, were looking for, right? right? <laughs> All right, gentlemen. This one is from Yahoo Entertainment. In other news... Well, Kristen Cavallari and Jay Cutler have, quote, nothing but love and respect for one another, per their breakup statement, which is part one of this in other news. That's Mm. right. Mm. Power couple has broken up. Sad. Their divorce isn't going so smoothly. (laughs) E! News, which is part of the same network that airs Very Cavallari, the reality show, obtained the latest filing in the couple's divorce case in which the reality star, 33, claims the former NFL player, 37, is blocking her from buying a new house for her and their three children. She's asking the judge to allow her to use, quote, her portion of their funds to purchase the property. Cavallari was responding to a sealed emergency filing by Cutler. The response from her side wasn't sealed, and she said her soon-to-be ex refuses to allow their finance manager to release the funds she needs to buy the new home. She stated she began looking for her own house last fall, because the state of their marriage was, quote, so bad, and Cutler didn't object at the time. While she found a house she liked, 
and initiated the home buying process. She called the purchase off as they agreed to work on their marriage. However, they soon realized the attempt to reconcile was not working and a divorce was inevitable. They look so happy on the reality show. What this makes me sad? Didn't what I... happened to cause this? Do we know what the backstory is here? You know, I don't. I don't know if it was a write that down prediction. I was actually having this conversation with my girlfriend, but I remember last year after the episode where Jay got very drunk and like the real, like you saw what the re, you got a little yes. glimpse of what the real relationship was between Kristen Cavallari and Jay Cutler. For some, and, res- some resentment there. And I came on this show and said, this thing won't last two more years. Yeah. I don't I don't know if it was a write-that-down prediction, but I remember making that prediction. Yeah, it's, um, it's Unfortunately, it, it is not in the write-that-down okay. record book. Do we right, know if, if she had any friends who Jay might have gotten involved with? It doesn't say... That not, was a rumor for a while. You know her tall, skinny, brunette friend? Yes. Who they were trying to set up with somebody. Yeah, she, that, that was a rumor that was floating out there. Somebody got set up with Jay, her husband. Her and Jay uh, were involved. So this is part of the rest of the article. Cavallari alleged... Well, let's see. At this point, according to the filing, Cavallari said Cutler informed her, quote, his attorney was going to tell their business manager not to release the funds. Uh, she said it's his way of punishing her, which is typical of his behavior toward her. Cavallari also alleged Cutler, quote, attempted to intimidate her into agreeing to a parenting plan that is unfavorable to her, as he told her he was not going to be leaving the marital residence, which is why they continued to share their family home, swapping back and forth three days on and three days off, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't know what caused this. I just know that my favorite reality show is probably not going to continue on. But this, is, been off, right? this is the perfect the opportunity for just yeah. Jay. This is what this is what Mackie yeah. and I have been screaming for You're right. since the inception of that show, Just Jay, a, a reality show all about Jay. Do you know who? And now you can make it like a Jay looking for love. Do you like, know who we desperately need re- right now to spell all the details out for us? Brett Favre. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I talked to Jay, and I don't know if I should tell you all this. Jay but. and I are really tight. <laughs> no, we don't need, Rami, I just came up with it. We don't need just Jay. We're combining Phil Mackey's two favorite reality shows. Jay Cutler, Jay Cutler the Bachelor is the Bachelor. Wow! I would watch. Oh my god! I would watch. That's would you, the, that's the watch? one way you could get me to watch the Bachelor. Okay, we only have like a minute left in the show, but Rami last night accused me of stealing his YouTube TV I login. Didn't accuse you of stealing Whoa! it? I didn't accuse you of stealing what it. Happened? I asked you if I gave it to you and forgot that I gave it to you. <laughs> that sounds like an accusation because, to me. Because shows are showing up on my DVR that neither me nor my girlfriend recorded, and they are uniquely. Up the alley of a Phil Mackey. Like when you talk, when you talk about the cross section of the shows that are showing up on my DVR. Tell us more. I, one night, the Bachelor listened to your heart showed up on my DVR. And then the next night, Monday Night Raw showed up on my DVR. And I was like, who resides in the cross section of those two shows? Other than Phil Mackey. I do watch both of those shows. Did you do it? I have no idea did what Rami's steal login it? Did is. you steal the YouTube <laughs> login? <laughs> no, I did not. Leave the fifth. All the, fe- all the theft on this show. Baseball cards. By the way, I think I just uh, got to write that down point. I think I just swindled my way into a write that down point. My Mackie prediction that he would watch The Bachelor, listen to your heart, and mention it on the air. Boom, boom, boom. It's true, I do. I do watch it. It's a great show. All right. That's a wrap on Mackie and Judd with Rami here. Find our podcast on Apple or Spotify. And as always, 
in other news is powered by Josh Arnold Investment. And right now it's time to talk to Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold, where you always get straight talk, not sugar-coated advice. You can get that straight talk by calling Josh direct, 952-925-5608, or you can listen to Josh right now with the Market Minute. Hi, Josh. Judd, I'm hoping that you're enjoying the, the sun, and I'm hoping that uh, the next two weeks goes by very, very quickly. Um, because this um, shutdown of the economy is not so good. And that uh, shutdown of the economy, uh, or say the government-mandated shutdown of the economy, has definitely hurt and continues to hurt individuals. As this morning, another 3.8 million uh, individuals filed for unemployment uh, unemployment claims, and that raises the total uh, number of un- unemployed to 30 million since the start of the government-mandated uh, uh, shutdown uh, six weeks ago. Consumer spending additionally has, is down 7.5% in the month of March year over year, and that uh, does not currently bode well for overall spending in many uh, types of businesses. I do believe the shutdown will continue to have an adverse effect on brick-and-mortar retail, and that, uh, for the most part, other than, um, we'll say, Target, Costco, and Walmart as brick-and-mortar retail, uh, most others are going to be hurt unless they have a fairly strong online presence. Uh, Best Buy um, announced uh, today that they would do in-store by appointment only, but they wouldn't bring back any of their retail associates, leaving about 50,000 uh, Best, Best Buy employees still on the shelf uh, for uh, several more weeks and maybe several more months. That brings back the focus to stocks that are definitely going to continue to benefit from the stay-at-home, work-at-home environment, and that uh, would concentrate at least um, heavily on the mega stocks. Uh, Microsoft, which reported good numbers last night, and saw a big increase in their cloud, as well as big uptake in their um, their video game gaming unit. Microsoft was was up today. Uh, Apple very continue to be very strong. Apple reported their earnings after the close today. Beat on the top line, beat on the bottom line, showed very strong margins. A weakness, of course, was in iPhone sales, which were $2 billion below estimates. But that was more than made up by sales of iPads, Macintosh computers, and their services business, which continued to, to move up. Uh, CEO Tim Cook said he was very optimistic about the future, though he declined uh, to provide any guidance for the next quarter, which was expected. Additionally, Apple announced a $50 billion share buyback 
uh, added to what they've been buying back, an increase in their uh, dividend uh, to $0.82 cents a share, making, uh, if you were going to invest uh, longer term in a 10-year treasury, 10-year treasury will give you a, uh, just over half of 1% for the next 10 years and give you your principal back. Right now, Apple's got uh, better than a 1% yield at the current price, and I think over the next 10 That's years, nice, Apple's price will continue to move up. Amazon also reported uh, some pretty good good numbers, though Amazon stock, which reached an all-time high earlier, uh, sold off on the news. Both Apple and Amazon are strong buys on my behalf. More information, call me, 952-925-5608. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk.